Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Hey, you know what I forgot to do? I just realized it. Uh, Tom, I've got some bets i got to make to start the hour here. Um, we got you, you do realize the golf tournament in Mexico is getting ready to start. Mm. I promised I would make some of these bets, and I, and I haven't yet. Uh, you want to put together a team together? Here we go. Here, here's oh. how we're going to do it. Yeah, here we go. Um, no, nope, nope, too late. I blew it. It's too late. Couldn't get it in. Uh, got some side bets. Uh, by the way, if you want, sprinkle some pizza money on Bramlett to be a top 20. Okay. Having said that, there you go. <laughs> Did you say Bramlett? Yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah. Hamlet with a B? Yeah. Yeah. Sprinkle some pizza money on Bramlett if you want. Um, yeah. See, I, I'm trying to – this makes me mad. They, I was trying to get uh, the tournament that I wanted with Mexico, and I didn't get it in time. and needed to be in by 5 a.m., Damn it. It's all right. Hey, Zaxby sponsors this hour, as always, and we love Zaxby's. 74 locations in Tallahassee. Go get you some right. delicious Zaxby's. And that uh, salad is where it's at. Tom, I had it the other day. You're right about that. The salads? Uh, yeah, salads right. are really good. They're really good. So, okay, 74 locations. Let me find a random guy who hasn't teed off yet. Joseph Bramblett is his name. I just saw him. Yeah, that's correct. Did you pick him? Uh, I did not. No, I'm going through the scoreboard because I want to do a, a quick prop. James Hahn. James Hahn is playing in this tournament. Over under 74 today for James Hahn. I'll go under. Under 74 for James Hahn. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. See if I can find that on my local app up here. Make a play. Yeah, you should. I like it. That's, That's well how you get Zaxby's to help you wager. Great job, Zach. That's well done. Yeah, under under 74 for sure. Yeah, it's good times. Um, <clears throat> for those of you watching in the uh, Heisen Linka law firm uh, chat, we thank you for that. And off of the cap, it is recorded today. You guys can talk amongst each other. We were just talking, in fact, about Nick Saban. And uh, 
him being perhaps a, a czar for college football. Um, he, he's, it's interesting. He's pontificating on a lot of things that plague the sport right now. And he'd like to see <clears throat> uh, some things get fixed here really soon. Uh, I'm going to read a quote for you here um, uh, about some of what he's talked about. We, we were just getting into that a moment ago. People can give money to the university again and get a tax reduction for doing it. And the university in some kind of way shares, whether it's share revenue, whether it's buying marketing rights, which is a possibility. You can buy somebody's marketing rights as an institution. And I don't want to say cap because that sounds like a salary cap, but find a way for schools to invest the same amount of money in players, just like everybody can invest in the same amount in a scholarship. This becomes part of the scholarship. And just like an NFL player has a contract or a coach has a contract, something is in place. So you have all of this uh, rating of roost, uh, rosters and mass movement eliminated. I wonder what fans are going to say when they don't even know their team from year to year because there's no development of teams just bringing in new players willy-nilly. Uh, he's, he's not wrong about that. It's played college basketball. Uh, the sport's unrecognizable in college basketball. It does not resonate and connect to people the way that it once did because nobody knows who's on anybody's team anymore, and they're gone very, very quickly. Now, I know you grew up in the age of free agency, and that can still happen, and I'm fine with players transferring, but it ought not be that you transfer semester to semester to semester to semester as many times as you want to be. That's ridiculous. So I am for some sort of, for lack of a better term, contractual restraints that come with a scholarship. Yeah, agreed there, and that is uh, in direct opposition, because why wouldn't it be, to what the NCAA has said in the last week, in which uh, Charlie Baker mm -hmm. uh, is saying that he's for unlimited transfers at this point. Now, that's a stance he is taking because the NCAA has been turned away legally at every at every, at every turn. They have no choice because they've had mud on their face, yes. Correct, and because basically the government's telling him what you're running never should have been in the first place. Like this right. is this is dumb. It's probably not legal on its face, but any challenge that's coming up from the NCAA's perspective is just tossed away. So he's putting his hands up to the sky. When you reorganize college football, and I would imagine the moment that you reorganize college football, big time sports will follow basketball will follow maybe some women's sports as they gain in popularity and monetary value will follow the, some of these rules. I just keep coming back to multi-year scholarship agreements. And if I'm going to give you a guaranteed three-year scholarship, four-year scholarship or one-year scholarship, and you could choose between those, it should be the secondary reporting on signing day of, okay, that kid chose Florida state. How long was it a year? Was it two, three, four? Right. <laughs> If it's a two-year agreement, then you got him for two years, meaning if he wants to transfer, he's got to sit out a, a, a season like, he, like it used to be just three years ago, three seasons ago. Yeah, and unless your coach leaves, I'm giving you one of those. Well, I'm not, I'm if not you're lucky enough that two coaches get fired or leave for the NFL in your career, then yeah. I'd say that you should maybe you know get a free pass. I agree. Unless your coach leaves, I'm just right. giving you one of those. That's it. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I, I would fight you on that and say, if you're so unlucky that you go to two different destinations, your coach up and leaves both times, you shouldn't be screwed. Yeah, that's just that's really unlucky on your part. But yeah, 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 yeah. I just I, I think I also think if a coach leaves, like from Oklahoma to USC, you probably shouldn't be able to follow him because we got we got to discourage coaches from 
just yeah. uprooting a roster very... program and and dropping it in place from one part of the country to the other. But that, that's very anti Tom Wang. I, I that's I've never heard you say something like that. I'm surprised you say that. Um, to to allow you you wouldn't let somebody leave after they committed to a coach. Uh, because you're going to argue they committed to the university, but we both know that's not true. No, no, I'm not arguing that. I this is a check against coaches from yeah becoming. But it hurts. It could hurt players, but yeah, it could hurt players. But if a coach is so money grubbing that he's going to go from one situation to another, and I'm talking if you're at this power level, yeah. yeah if yeah. you're in a group of five and you take some kids with you to the power two, good for you. Good job, kid. You're you're going up in the world. Yeah. It's almost like the right to work state thing. Yeah. If, you, if you're getting a promotion, they can't touch you. I, I got a promotion. I don't care if it's in the same category to a different company. Like, I should be allowed to grow. I'm allowed to go and, yeah. But yeah. if I'm going from USC down the road to UCLA because they just offered me $5 million more a year and I promise I'm going to bring my whole roster with me, the players should. The players can leave USC. They just can't go to UCLA. They can go somewhere else. <laughs> because because we're going to protect coaches from just you know taking a program from one place to the next. I, but we're losing the point. The point should be here that on signing day, if a player makes an agreement for a set period of time, he should have options from one year to four. That is how long they must stay at the university with the coach leaving provision if they want to be able to walk from door to door. So if I sign a three-year and I leave from yeah. Florida State to Miami, I got to sit out some, a year. There's got to be some sort of restrictions. I mean, this is silly. Well, and everybody knows it's silly. But everybody also everybody also knows is they can't do anything about it right now because the courts keep telling them they can't. So you're just kind of in a stuck situation. This is going to have to be an agreed upon thing from the universities and players alike. This is where collective bargaining comes in. And yeah, yeah. in order to be collectively bargained, the players have to have status of some kind. I think unless you reclassify the power two and they say, well, no, now players, if they're not in the power two can do, do whatever the hell they want because the courts have decided that. But in our league, this is the way things work. Yeah. Because we want to protect our assets, which yeah. is our coaches as well. We want to protect them too, because we're going to lose them all if we don't enact these types of rules. Oh, then- coaches are leaving. This is going to happen. If the, if nothing changes, these guys are all gone. This, there's nobody that would sign up for this. And I, I saw, uh, was it yesterday? Uh, What's-his-face at um, uh, Dillingham at Arizona State said uh, to coaches who are complaining about the state of college football, uh, if you don't like it, just leave. Yeah, man. Okay, pal. Whatever. Uh, th- this is That doesn't help anything. And also – People will. They will leave. They're all going to leave. You will too, uh, Dilly, because this is untenable. That, this that, is untenable. That's Kenny saying, hey, those of you who are better than me at your job or at better programs, yeah. please do. Please leave. Please because leave. Like, my path to the NFL doesn't come straight from Arizona State. Yeah. I have moved around a lot, but for me to get someplace where it's more stable and you know a better situation, I need y'all to leave. And that way, maybe I do get a power two job. Maybe I'll start winning some games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, So Saban went on to say, um, and this is interesting, that he's not as well-versed, at least he's self-aware here, on the legality of everything, such as SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, (laughs) or, as he said, Alabama Athletic Director Greg Byrne. Quote, they would be more qualified to serve in a college football commissioner's role than I am. They're in it every day and know all of the issues. That's why I'm hesitant to come up with a firm solution because you don't know the consequences of the solution relative to, all right, do we have to pass antitrust laws to be able to do it this way? What does this entail? 
It's one thing to come up with a solution. It's an entirely another thing to implement it. I'm just here to try to help. I actually believe him. I, I, I believe that he, in earnest, loves the game, loves his players, lo- wants to see something sensible come to college football. And this is why I think most people would vote yes on him being the czar of college football. I, I think most of us think that that is true, That's that it, it comes he comes by it earnestly. I, I agree with that. After he abused the system to make sure oh, that it benefited him. Of course, him. Yeah. of course. Yeah, well, he you know, he played the game that he was had to play. Yes, correct. As in, you know, majors that are very soft to process kids, get them in, get them out. Of course, get them yes. Now that he's outside of it, he can play the moral card. And and he can and it could be right. It can be from his heart that he wants to work with the you know uh, reform. Yeah, it doesn't make him a saint. I'm not holding him on high. I'm saying he's a great candidate. But yeah. like all political candidates, they're carrying water. They're corrupt. There's no honest political candidate. There's not a single one. Yeah, agreed. So uh, you know the we, the we model. Uh, yeah, the model I always loved in, in my own theoretical head was you get a choice when you come out of high school. We can either pay you a lot of money. Right here, right now. But if you yeah. suck, we cut you. Or you could take the scally. We'll cover your cost of attendance as it as it was. Yeah. Your meals are covered. Your housing, your books, all that kind of Good stuff. Suck, yeah. And you got some walking around money. Nothing crazy, but walking around money. But if you suck, ah, that well, you committed us, and you, and you're furthering your education. So yeah. there you go. And if you choose that, the system would be a little bit more honest. It'll never be that simple. I don't think it it can ever be that simple. But The hope we have is when the NCAA said 10 years ago, whatever, we quoted this article, that Power Five could legislate amongst itself. Mm -hmm. You're going to have that happen again where the Power Two can legislate amongst itself. And the headaches are going to remain with the group of five. The headaches are going to remain with the group of whatever it is, you know, that's not of the Power Two. But that group of 25, 30, 40 schools is going to be able to create rules that allow for this nonsense in the portal to stop, but we're not there yet. It has to happen. I, I, I think we're presiding over and witnessing the ruination of college football right now, as it is. Now, it may be moving towards something more ideal that you're talking about, which is why you wanted it to be a Kickstarter. We all did to some degree. So we, we don't begrudge that things changed in some ways for the better, especially for the student athlete. But we do recognize that the current system is untenable and nobody's presiding over it. So this is the this is the problem. We got change. We wanted change. Some of the change is good, but not all of it's good. And nobody's in a position to do anything about it. And everybody's afraid to stand up and do anything about it because they're going to get shot down in the courts. And so you're kind of just stuck in a place where you're in limbo and nobody wants to be in limbo. We talk about this all the time. Being in limbo in your life, being in limbo in athletics, being in limbo in your job, and it's awful. Nobody can handle that. Either you're in a good place or a bad place. You can deal with that. You'll figure it out. Limbo sucks. Well, the, the problem is if you want to ask some of the hard questions, you might as well just be drinking hemlock while you do it. You know, like, for example, have athletic budgets for other sports gotten too robust and do we need fewer sports? you know, in, in an average athletic department. 
Because the thing is that the revenue has swelled so much from football, it can fund a whole lot of other things. It, it funds all the other sports, yes. Right. So do we have too many Olympic sports? And I'm not just talking women, man. I'm talking men's and women's Olympic sports. Do we have too many cross-country teams around the country? Do we have too many – like that's uh, too many swimming and diving teams. Like this gets personal immediately. I'm sure there's folks listening that are a part of those programs. That is a hard question. Yeah, they become club teams if you're doing it the way you're talking about, right? Right, and and the scholarships maybe aren't as available or the gear or the coaching salaries, but that's the whole thing is has this been a bubble all along where football has been able to foster the growth of programs that maybe should have never grown, especially when you consider that, again, the playoff itself is going to generate upwards of $10 billion over a set period of time, and we were always believing the players, the football players themselves didn't deserve a special distinction. Well, no, yeah, and no, and nobody really believed that if they were honest. I, I, I know that you can get down in the weeds with all this, and it does. And Saban's right about that because that's the point you're making. Like, hey, I don't know how we do this. Here are my suggestions. Admittedly, there may be legal ramifications to what I'm saying that I'm unaware of. Well, and Title IX is an important thing here. We were yes. just talking about the the growth of basketball. Basketball, yeah. Like it has it it worked. It worked, but Title IX also allows for protections that say that you know a football player in some ways has to be equal to another sports player from the women's side of the athletic department and they're not the revenue is so absurd that that just cannot be true it doesn't mean that you're anti-equality or access to scholarships nobody nobody is against the existence of the wnba the truth is nobody goes and watches the WNBA and it's funded by men's basketball. Yeah. Period. Yes. My point would be that nobody's against scholarship sports for women. Right. right. But when you have to equate those in the university budget, it's like, man, NIL is not going to cover the difference forever. It's going to have to come from these exorbitant television revenue dollars. That's what people are tuning in to see. It is a special distinction. The, the difference is absurd. I mean, the College Cup's still on ESPNU. You can't put it on ABC for two effing hours? Like, what? <laughs> I mean, you're putting on a group of five game yeah. between two or one group of five and an FCS game, and that's still on, like, the CW. It's not on ESPNU. So, like, these are the hard questions that yeah. No, oh, yeah. nobody wants to touch them. Nobody wants to touch them with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, because they're not easy solutions. They're not easy answers. And also, you run into real resistance and pushback and blowback that uh, ends up uh, being something that makes you throw your hands up. It, it, it's it's really, really difficult. I, I think I do think a good starting off place would be to have a czar of college football here. And I think Nick, to a larger point, would be a very good one. And, and, and I think you could have, you could surround yourself with people that uh, have the best interest in mind, but also understand the legalities. And to be clear, I don't understand the legalities. I just understand the basis by which if you're an athletic director and you're like, well, I've got an idea and you wanted to go down this path. Uh, oh, my God. Good luck with that. Yeah. No shot. Uh, Coach McGahee joined us yesterday morning at the same time uh, right after I talked to Coach Posey. And uh, he's going to talk with us in a moment here on the Jeff Cameron Show. Uh, has done a really great job uh, in part. It's not solely him, but done a, an amazing job of revamping this Florida state lineup and recruiting and obviously 20 plus players changed. He did it once at Pitt under coach Mike Bell, who was formerly here at Florida state, of course, who played here at Florida state. And now he's doing it here at Florida state uh, under the directive of link Jarrett. 
And I think personally, just from three games of watching, they've lengthened this lineup and got much better at depth of arms. This is going to be a fun season for Florida State baseball. He'll join us next. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Florida State assistant Ty McGay, he joins us on the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. Great win last night, Coach. Uh, I just got done talking to Coach Posey, and now you. I know you guys got in late, so I appreciate you making time. Um, so first things first, I got to ask you this, because it looks like this lineup has been lengthened quite a bit from a year ago. And, and so I see power up and down the lineup. I see a lot of bat-to-ball. I see a lot of power. Um, this isn't your first rodeo in totally rehauling uh, a roster. I know at Pitt at the time – it was the greatest overhaul of players in ACC history. The, the one at Florida State is greater than the one at Pitt in terms of numbers. Take me through this process. It's a wild time to recruit. You have the portal. You have high school. You have JUCO. Obviously, the season did not go the way that Link wanted a year ago. Made a lot of changes to the staff and to the roster. And you're a big part of trying to find these dudes. So take me through it. Well, you're absolutely right. I, you know, I went to Pitt, gosh, six years ago with Mike Bell. Um, yeah. And, you know, we kind of went through the same thing there that Link went through here where we inherited, you know, a group that, um, that needed to get better and we had to make some changes and, um, you know, bring in some, some players that were going to help us win games at, at this level. And we were able to do that there. Um, it probably prepared me for, you know, going through this process here at Florida State. 
Um, and you're right. When you look at that lineup and you look at that roster of, of position players and, and pitchers as well, there's a lot of experience, a lot of guys who've done it before. Um, you know, maybe at, at the mid-major level or the junior college level or even, you know, some of the freshmen coming in. But um, there's been a lot of people involved in this. Obviously, Link's had his hand in it um, in a big way. Um, but bringing in all these players and then getting them to, you know, to buy in and to come together as a team. And, you know, we're just kind of starting on this journey. But uh, thus, thus far, the results have been pretty good. And um, it seems like, you know, we're heading in the right direction. You've been doing it a long time. So tell me what's changed. What's the most radical shift? Everybody hears about the transfer portal. Everybody hears about the way things work. It flows both ways, though. You had a couple guys play last night for North Florida against Florida that were on the FSU roster a year ago. Right. So this, go, this goes both ways. Talk to me a little bit about the process, how much it's changed, what you're looking for when you see a guy's name in the portal. What is, what's a link directive for you? Like, Talk a little bit about how you go through this process and what you're looking for specifically. Well, you're right. And I've been doing this a long time. I, you know, we go back to 20 years ago and this was the way of the world 20 years ago before the one-time transfer rule um, yeah. was taken out. This was how college baseball, you know, operated. And we're kind of back to that now. Now there are a lot of different factors today than there were back then, but um, the portal and the NIL aspect and, you know, trying to take care of these players and give them a great experience. Um, it really has changed and, and dramatically changed over the last, you know, two to three years when you start talking about how the transfers go about and, and, and acquiring those guys, um, going through the recruiting process with, you know, a, a kid that is a junior in college versus a junior in high school. It's completely different. It's a mm -hmm. completely different sales pitch. You know, a lot of these older guys are looking for opportunity. And I think you start looking at the guys that we were able to bring in and that, that Link really targeted this past summer. And that was their draw to Florida State was obviously the tradition and the history of the program and, you know, all the things that, that we're able to provide for them. But at the same time, it was an opportunity. And I think they saw that. Um, and that drew a lot of them here, you know, and a couple of local guys, a, a, a lot of guys with ties to the state and the area um, that had familiarity with the program. But you know, it's just every case is individual. And, you know, when you start really looking at your needs and what we need to be successful and, and even into next year, okay, we start to identify, we've got to have this position. We've got to have this type of hitter. We need this type of arm, this type of bullpen piece, whatever it may be. You can be a little more specific. You're, you're almost talking like a general manager of the yeah. major league team now, instead of just a, you know, acquiring talent, you're acquiring pieces that allow you to help win games. How excited were you when uh, Max Williams became available? I went and looked it up out of curiosity before you came on this morning. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to ask him about him because that's the first I've seen of the kid was the line drive home run to the deepest part of the park. And then I watch him hit a ball off the pitcher last night. And I think to myself, every time I watch this kid swing, he hits the ball very hard. It's violent. Uh, and so he had 25 at-bats last year at Alabama. In those at-bats, he had eight hits, five walks, three doubles, seven RBIs. So that's just who he is. He's a productive kid with a really nice, short, compact, violent swing, right? He really is. And, and he's also a really good outfielder. He's a good athlete, a good runner. He's a, he's a very savvy baseball player. And, and honestly, he's a fun kid to be around. Um, he's one of those guys – 
kind of those glue guys on the team that everybody gravitates to. Um, but he was at Alabama last year. He's a Florida kid from around the Jacksonville area, um, you know, and had a chance to be on a really good team last year at Alabama that, you know, played in a super regional. So he's got some experience of what, you know, what good baseball looks like. Um, you mentioned the 25 at bats. He also went off and played in the Northwoods League and in, in the Midwest this past summer and played a full season and, you know, got 150 plus at bats to be able to, you know, really hone his craft. And now we're kind of reaping the rewards of that. Here's the sophomore. Um, he's been able to step in and be a, a really productive player for us. Um, coach, but rather than me than go through every newcomer, if you sure. want to highlight some of the guys that are there are listeners and, and, and fans of the program that maybe are just going to be getting to some Florida State baseball games coming up here real soon, haven't seen much. They know that a lot has changed within the program. Highlight some of the guys that, that Florida State's brought in this year that, that people are going to get to see quite a bit of. Yeah, from a position player side, you know, you look in the infield and we've got three new players um, that are playing the infield every day right now. And, you know, that's certainly a fluid situation. And there's a lot that goes into that. But, you know, the talent level um, in the middle of the field has certainly has certainly gotten better. Um, Drew Ferro's the local kid here who's playing second base the last um, to start the season here. And he's gotten off to a good start at the plate. He's really hitting the balls hard and have some really good at bats. Alex Lodis, the transfer from North Florida, um, who's really come on and played great defense the first couple games here. Um, and, you know, is, is kind of a steady presence at the bottom of the lineup and has gotten on base and really done his job there. And then Daniel Cantu um, is a graduate transfer senior um, first baseman from, from South Florida, from the University yeah. of South Florida, who's, you know, a left-handed presence in the lineup, a uh, very mature kid, mature at bats. Um, has been a defense, a steady defender for us in a, in a, a crucial position there. Um, Jackson West, the catcher who transferred in from Alabama as well, who's, you know, one of our better defenders back there and has gotten a lot of opportunities thus far. So, you know, we really feel like we've upgraded that group um, collectively. But you start looking at those individual pieces and there's a lot of talent, man, and a lot of really good players. You know, it's interesting, Coach. I, I You mentioned Lodis last night. I had to make a lot of plays early on in this game. And after the weekend with all the strikeouts, we didn't know if Forrest they could field the ball. But here you go. You got an opportunity, right, with all those ground balls from Connor Whitaker. And then I think – and then that's the play of the game, right, the diving stop and the throwback Absolutely. to the plate to keep that run from scoring. Uh, Faroe playing second, I think a lot of people didn't think that would be the case. And he's looked good early. You mentioned having a real first baseman, like a guy who's meant to play first base there. Good to see Cantu get a hit last night because he got robbed over over the week and hit the ball so hard so many times I thought this kid's got to be furious if, if you go through the at-bats from all the players and you look at the exit velocities of the balls coming off the bat he's his is probably at the top of the list and I think he went through the weekend and had one hit to show for it so you know that's baseball and it, it kind of has a way of evening itself out but he got a big knock last night to score two runs driving two runs in the first inning and um, has just had great at bat after great at bat after great at bat. And if you do that, if you can put those things together, the results are going to show up for you. Yeah. And you got a heck of a leadoff hitter who's back uh, again this year, who got hurt last year and right. watching him get a hit again, right off the bus last night. I mean, he, every game Florida state's played this year, he's let off with a hit, right? I mean, it's been funny to watch so far. So you've got Man. guys setting the tables quick. Diamez has just been a spark plug. He's been an absolute spark plug, and he plays with such energy and passion out there. You can see him on the bases. He's he's messing around with the pitchers, and like 
you know, he, he just is one of those guys that makes the engine go, you know, like when he goes, everybody else seems to go behind him and he's been really good to get off, get off to a good start. And, you know, he was, he was playing really well last year. I know he dealt with a lot of injuries, but when he was in there early in the season, um, you going back and watching video and talking to these guys, like there were flashes of what he was going to be able to do. And he's certainly shown that so far. Yeah, DMS Ross is a really good player. Final thing, Coach, I noticed so far through three games, this has been a very aggressive team on the base paths. Talk to me about the philosophy here. Is that going to continue? Uh, I know JU's a good team, so I don't want to say as the competition gets better because JU's good. Uh, but, but like, is that going to be the overriding philosophy? You think you have that kind of athleticism now up and down the lineup? Well, we've got the ability to put the put some pressure on the defense. Um, you know, I think when it's all said and done, this is going to be a team that can really hit for power. We, I don't know that we've necessarily shown that to this point, um, but when you start talking James Tibbs and Cam Smith and Jaime Ferrer and some of these guys, um, you know, there's, we're going to have the ability to, to really drive the ball at the ballpark. Um, but to this point, we've had to play a little different style, and that's okay. I, I think, you know, having some of some of the athleticism that we have up and down the lineup right now allows us to do those things. Talk about Diamas, Garou, um, Lodis. Those guys can run and they can put pressure on the defense. Cam Smith to be, you know, as big a, a, a he can move. He is. He can go, man. <laughs> like I'm coaching third base, and you know he's on first, and you put hit a double in the gap, and he's on me. Like he he's he's really <laughs> moving once he gets that thing going. Um, so. We've been able to do that, and you're right, JU's a very good team year in and year out. That's a regional team, um, and they're going to be a good team this year. They played well last night, um, and that's a tough place to go into, and uh, it's a credit to our guys to, to walk in there, you know, this early in the season and not be phased by a, you know, a hostile environment and then playing a good team on the road and come out with a win. And, and, to, and to battle back, I mean, we, we got punched a little bit, and we punched back, and that was great to see. That's the best thing that I think came out of last night. Obviously, watching Dorsey throw electric fastball after electric fastball is also fun. But, but I mean, to see, obviously, Smith hit the double the other way to get it started, and then all of that kind of comes around, and you start thinking about the way the season went a year ago. I know you weren't, but you watch that, and you say, that's a game they lose a year ago, but that's sure. a game they win last night against a good team. Obviously, that closer who came out for JU was, you know, all conference a year ago, real, real good arm. And they ran out four or five good arms. And I, I you know, I think throughout the throughout the course of the game, we had really good at bats up and down the lineup. And and honestly, it's a credit to some of our pitchers because we get to see those guys and the stuff is kicked up um so much for us on the mound. I you know, I, I don't want to say better than last year, but you know, probably um more depth than last year where we get to see those guys day in and day out. Our hitters get to face those guys. And so when they step in the box and they see the guy from JU throwing 94, 95, 96 miles an hour, it's not a shock to them. They've seen that a good bit and they they've had a chance to prepare off of it by facing our guys. So, you know, I thought I think we were ready for that um for that challenge. And you're right, the guy last night, I think he had 14 saves last year. Yeah, he's um, stud, yeah. Just a, a guy. Like he's a real dude and for he's us a dude. to come up and have five or six at bats in a row like that off of him, you know, it just, it's a testament to what we've been doing. And, you know, hopefully we can continue going in this direction. I enjoyed it, Ty. Thank you very much, coach. We'll talk again real soon. Be well, sir. Absolutely. Thanks, Jeff.
Yep, take take care. That's Ty McGee. He's assistant coach there at Florida State. And as the roster overhaul, he's in large part in charge of doing a lot of that. And um, you'll see this team has certainly got power. I, he mentioned it a moment ago. I think it's a, a lineup that's been lengthened with a lot of power. That's exciting. And then you see the better pitching so far this year. Off to a good start as Florida State baseball. We'll all be watching. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chan TV. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Wrapping it up, that was a good conversation with Coach McGee. Hope you enjoyed that. Final segment of the week, off tomorrow, off Monday, off to Vegas. Let's solve for the future with our friends at IS. I'm solving for the future. I'm going to Las Vegas. But uh, you can, too, our friends from ISF. Maybe not as fun, admittedly. There's just a little bit of Buck Showalter in Ty McGahey's voice. Just a little bit <laughs> of the way he delivers things. I just yeah. wanted to bring that up. I didn't have a chance to say that, but next time sounds, here, there's a little bit of buck in there. Sounds like a uh, like a baseball coach, doesn't he? He sounds very much like a baseball coach. Uh, my friends at ISF, by the way, help out our friends at the Department of Children and Families. They did a feasibility study for them. In fact, they worked with the Florida Department of Children and Families to define their vision, goals, and the future of a critical system serving the public good. How awesome is that? Just to be able to say that. Yeah, you know, I did this thing where uh, I was able to uh, fulfill a vision, goals, dreams for the future, the Department of Children and Families. That's the kind of company we are at ISF. We do uh, modernization of technology, operations, Updated schedule the 4B documentation so that uh, the department to request funding for improvements could happen a little bit quicker, right? That's what we do at ISF, ISF.com. There we go. What's all for the future? I wrap it up the program. Uh, and I think you just heard an entire segment of how Florida State was solving for the future on the baseball team because uh, I know many times uh, last year while I watched Florida State baseball, I thought these kids need to hit the bricks. They need to get the hell up out of here. They suck at baseball. I'm tired of looking at them. Get them out. And there were a few exceptions, and those exceptions remained here. Tibbs, for example, Ferrer, although his ABs drive me nuts, uh, is a plus player despite those awful at-bats that he has at least twice a game. But he makes up for it by having a ton of power to the opposite field and coming up with clutch hits right when you're about to curse his name for having struck out with the bases loaded previously in the game on three pitches. Diamez Ross is another good holdover. Yep, Great player. There are others. Holbrook held over because he was injured all of last year, brings you a ton of power from the catcher position, is off to a great start. There are guys. I got it. No, there are guys. Arnold is a guy, and, you know, there, there, there are plenty of guys. But a lot of those kids that needed to hit the bricks – we're told to hit the bricks. That's solving for the future right there. Well, I could solve for the uh, the near future. You won't be doing this tomorrow because God knows what state of mind you'll be in in a casino yeah. or some such thing. When is the show? It is uh, Saturday night. Oh, 
tomorrow will be a good day for you. Mm-hmm. So uh, you should see if you can drop a 10 large on Florida State baseball tomorrow, uh, <laughs> 5 o'clock first pitch. Yeah, I'm going to walk in with a duffel bag. It'll be empty, but I'll tell everybody I want to bet 15 grand. Hey, look at my phone. I've got the manager. I got the <laughs> just, just put up, pull up Link Jared's contact information. <laughs> Ruin his career while you're at it, even though yeah. he didn't do anything. You just pulled him up as, a, as on the info. I've got, him in, I've got him in here. I can do it. Yeah. That's a threat, I think. We should probably move on. <laughs> I would never do that. I want Florida State to win. Yeah. Cam Leiter is uh, must-see television for the near future. You know, this is uh, Friday at 5, Friday at 6, whenever our first pitch on Friday is going to be in the weeks to come. And you have my attention with 13 strikeouts facing 15 batters, or recording 15 outs, excuse me, excuse yeah. me, and 13 of them being strikeouts. Yeah, okay. Let's see if he turns into true must-see television for the entire fan base, where Noel fans in general are saying, hey, make sure you turn in and see Lighter tonight. That dude's going to be a stud in the bigs. Like, I, I, I hope that's you, where this is going because it was a great start, great start. I think their starting pitching period is going to be good. I think they have three legit starters that have a chance to be very, maybe four to be very, very good. And they've got, uh, like you said yesterday, a bunch of long relief guys. We've seen how many guys they've chosen to extend in preseason to 70, 75, 80 pitches. And you might have five or six options as starting pitching goes here. And that is a big damn deal. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see the variety of the arms too. Like this is where when you're in prime time here, scrimmages are nice and and field reports and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But when you start to see the sequencing of how it plays out, Mm -hmm. differences in the stuff, it sounds like there's an emphasis on, we want batters to see two different things in a game. if, If they can, like this is one of my gripes as a professional baseball fan of my national league champion baseball team nearly 10 years ago now, sadly, they all threw 99, and there were high slot guys from the right side. Like yeah, so by game two or three, you kind of figured it out. I mean, yeah, it's great that you've got a bunch of those dudes. That's awesome. Yeah. But you know what? Everybody's timed up. you got to mix it up a little bit, and that's where Dorsey is is an ultimate weapon there from the left side. But I want to see what else we got. I mean, and, and you heard from Posey yesterday. They got a freshman that they really love. I just I want to see the sequencing in a given weekend. Might be too too much too soon because of the opponent, maybe next weekend in Greenville when they play three teams from the Midwest, Illinois, Michigan State, and I think Western Michigan in whatever order. I, this is a, a learning process, and sometimes you dread what you're about to learn about a team. I can't wait to see what we learn about this baseball team. Yeah, listen, uh, it's understood that beating Butler and JU to start the year is a nice thing, but it's also not the best you're going to face. Although I will contend that JU team is good and they're going to be good the rest of this year. And I, I, I think, I think they will be, they ran out a bunch of arms. JU did. And, and they were pretty good, but good teams dispatch of bad teams uh, in the manner that Florida state dispatched of Butler. And so when you have your starters combined in a two game set, instead of three games, cause they, one washout for 10 innings pitched three hits, zero earned runs, 22 strikeouts to two walks. That is doing what you're supposed to do with a bad team. That's what, that's a starting pitching combination that dominated overwhelmed hitters. Good. We didn't have a single guy after the injuries last year that could do that. Not, not, not consistently. Uh, uh, Agreed. Uh, And I just, 
it's funny. I'm coming full circle because my brain was going, well, I, I can't wait to see what this group does. I do want to see the bottom half of the lineup, how much they rotate there too. Uh, but then it was, man, I can't believe we're going all in this early on baseball. I know that that was the way in the 90s. That was the way for much of the 2000s. But it hasn't been the way for the last 15 years all that much. Even when we were good, I'd be thinking about what's next for FSU basketball. That's how we kind of started today. That's a shame, yeah. And they do go play at the new Little John on Saturday night at 745, but it's like, eh. Meanwhile, the, the juice is with, with baseball at the moment. Like it, it makes me sad. It makes me sad, but I'm excited. It's not at Link's expense. It's yeah. just, uh, you know, this could have been – you win a couple more of those games in non-conference, you could still be in the conversation here for a roadie at Clemson because if you get that win, it would be a quality win on the road. I'm looking for I try yeah. Yeah. <laughs> quality win on the poor sick gene. That is one of my favorite moments ever. We beat him with a little John. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it's an all-timer. He was a pro's pro, man. I mean, I know he's still working for the Bucks. I think one more year, but uh, I think so, yeah. 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 I'm trying to find it, Tom. I'm looking here at the end of the show. It's great radio. I'm looking for uh, Florida State. I can't get them on the hard rock because I think they only do day of on the hard rock. Mm. So I, I have to look tomorrow. Um, I'm just going to say that uh, I'm going to be. Uh, Did you get players on, on prize picks? Like, couldn't you tomorrow look at Cam Leiter strikeouts? I think you could. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah, I think I could do that. Yeah, yeah, I probably could. I'll, I'll have to look that up. I don't know. Price picks doesn't pay us anymore, so whatever. But I <laughs> <laughs> but it could pay you if you get it right. You're just like, yeah, hey, I'm yeah. going over those nine and a half strike guys. Get the hell out of here with those nine. Yeah, no, I think I will. I'm intrigued. Uh I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna do what they that they call uh fading uh Florida State basketball. I'm gonna short Florida State basketball. I, I don't like our chances in many of the remaining games, Tom. I, I want to see what odds I can get with what games remain. I don't, I don't feel good about uh, the upcoming stretch here. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think we match up well with Clemson. If that's a fair number, I'll take Clemson. I hate doing it, but you might as well make some money on your misery. I think you are wrong. There you go. <laughs> and if you ask me why, you I just do. I yeah. just do. You're just hoping against hope, buddy. I, yeah, I'm with you, man. I wish. I wish. It's just not. It's not going to come to pass. We're just not very good. So, and, are you, okay, you're obviously taking in a show at Sphere. Are you doing any other shows? Is it casino only? Like, how does how does it work? Because you and Christy are going. So, yeah. how, what's the dynamic like? How many? Things- I told her she could pick any other show, and I'd we'd go. I'd whatever. I'd spring, and we'd go to it. So I don't know what she's picked yet. She was going through it last night. She didn't tell me. I really didn't care because I don't care about any of the other shows. So I just p- said, pick whatever you like, and we'll go do it. Um, so I, 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 sadly, I'm not able to tell you, I'm sure I'm going to another show. Um, but I'm also going to gamble and we're staying at Mandalay Bay. So I'm going to be by the pool, that giant ass pool that they have. Um, I have a beach, they have a effing beach. So I'm going, we're going to do that, uh, which is awesome. And then I'm going to gamble a lot. And I know she basically allowed for me. She was like, I want time by the, by the water. I'm like, you take all the damn time you want by the water. I'm going to be in there drinking and gambling and she's like all right well i'll come in and take care of you i was like okay sounds good <laughs> so, um yeah one of the nights we'll have a really really probably two of the nights we'll have a really really good dinner um i'm gonna do it right i'm gonna treat my wife well and we're gonna have a great time we'll go to 
have an expensive dinner, go to some other show. And then we got the U2 show at the Sphere on Saturday. I don't know what we're going to do Sunday, anything we want, really. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good. What's the uh, what's the plan? Because there's more options at a casino in Vegas than most others. Is it blackjack tables? Is it you hole up at the sports book for a few hours? Like it's, you have it's, to get mapped out? Yeah, I'm going to do some sports book stuff. I'm going to play some bets, although we can place a lot of those bets now here uh, in a way that we couldn't. So that part of the allure is gone to some extent. But you get more options at, at the sports book in Vegas on what you can bet. And oh, then I think nice. – uh, so I've got some futures. And the people watching at the sports book is always very good. It's, it's always great. So I've got some futures that I'm going to lay for college football. I'm going to do a few things. And then I um, – uh, and then, yeah, blackjack, mainly blackjack, a little bit of poker, but mainly blackjack. Yeah. You're going to do what your boy does, put a, put a certain amount on black and let, let it roll. It's, let it roll right when I walk through the door. Yeah. I'll do it in your honor. What do you place? Like 100, 200? What do you do? Uh, depends on, yeah. I mean, what, what the bankroll is for the week? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think 100 is a fair. Is a fair yeah. Place. Just put 100 on black, let it ride, and see how your trip's going to go, right? That's right. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'll do it. I'll walk in. I'll say, here's a Tom Lang special, bitch. Bam! It's pure it gambling. Pure gambling. <laughs> <laughs> Good work out of you. Good work, uh, Ben and director. Thanks to all of you guys. We'll be back on Tuesday with Seminole Headlines, Wednesday with the JCS. Have a great weekend. Go Knowles. Be good, everybody. April, April will be good to you. <laughs>